Folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, you are watching the Ike Live Christmas special. What an amazing show so far. I want to thank Jay Kumar for Jay coming Kumar. in. Some great insight from one of the pioneers of the sport. Thank you, Jay. Uh, I want to real quick remind everybody your input's key. Please uh, comment or question anything you hear tonight or watch tonight. You can hit us up on the IM and on the Ike Live social media sites at Ike Live Show, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, Pete, we've been giving away this whole time. We've been deep in thought, deep in conversation. Every 10 minutes, Miss Rebecca has been picking winners uh, of prizes. And I just want to show you real quick. Brian DeCarpenter, give me a little little close-up of some of these prizes. This is just an example of some of the stuff we're giving away tonight. A TH Marine hat signed by Gerald Swindle and myself. Pretty amazing. Wow. Um, Tackle Warehouse gift pack. Including koozie, sticker, and a $25 gift card. Nice. Uh, Flambo, some of the Z-Rust stuff. Amazing. Flambo tackle boxes. And then mystery tackle boxes. We're giving <laughs> away all night, every 10 minutes. Uh, Beck, let us know. Give us, a, give us a rundown of some of the, uh, the winners tonight, if you can. Okay. I've got a large list. Am I on? Can't hear you. Okay, I've got a fabulous large list, and if you put up with my harassment, you probably win a prize. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> harassment. Um, I have. Uh, you. I don't want to do people's first and last names. Why not? First names. First name, last initial. I got David X, Drew L, Chris B, Luke. I don't have your last name. Luke. Dan R, Brian L, Joey B, Rando J, Mike J, Patrick D, and George M. You people are winning. Rich, you're still on the bubble. If you say something witty, Maybe. I'll send you something. Hurry up, Rich. Come Maybe. on, Rich. Bring it. Maybe. Okay. Uh, that That's amazing. We're giving away every 10 minutes. Keep IMing in, and we're going to keep giving away the prizes. want to also remind everybody that tonight's beer is Yards. Yards Beer tonight. Dave, what are we drinking tonight? This is pretty tasty. This is their pale ale. Pale ale. Excellent. It's a steady, smooth beer. Eat with it. Yeah. Good dinner beer. Good dinner beer. A shout-out to Yards Brewery. Uh, Pete, you got any shout-outs you want to give right now? Uh, to elves or reindeer to, or anything like that? <laughs> well, I'd just like to give a shout-out to my lovely wife, Shelly. Shelly! Hi, Shell. Hey, Shell. Hey, Jake, hey. if you're watching. Uh, you know, Shell had just, she passed out this past week. What? Had a little episode, and uh, we had to Damn. we had to get her to the hospital. She got a sti- some stitches on her nose. I'm sure she loves you telling that story. And, uh, I know, she's. But, but my thoughts and prayers are with you, as always. I love you, babe. Thinking about you. What is going on at the Gluzek? I know, you guys are falling off. Bad, bad things come in threes. Dude, I here's the three, aren't we? Here's the deal. If you're around me, you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> bad shit might happen to you, but I'll pull you right out of it. Oh, right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's you're always going to save everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Brian Carpenter, what do we got going? You're, uh, you're looking at me. Give uh, me a I, was just, I was just enjoying myself. Oh, you know okay. what? That shit, bad shit does happen. I met him in a parking lot last week to give him something, and I swear to God, I got Wait. stung by a December bee. 
<laughs> at work in the yard. Bees in the yeah. dude. I got stung. I, I, I hung out with this yeah. bastard for thirty seconds. We had we talked. But you're still here with and us. Somebody <laughs> shot you with a, like an arrow. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like to only be alive in New Jersey. And he found me in a trucking parking lot and stung me. Oh my God. What, uh, what were you guys doing in a trucking parking lot? No, nah, we had to nah. give him something. We were at the pickle park. <laughs> Cooper River? Yeah. Second Bridge? Yeah. Lollipop Lane? Uh, All right, let's keep, keep going. Uh, in a second here, I'm excited about this because this is kind of uh, this was a spur of the moment guest, uh, but I'm excited to get this guy on the phone. Um, Cody Meyer, he's uh, definitely every year you see his name, it's one through five or one through ten in the standings on FLW. This mm-hmm. dude can flat out fish. He's an amazing angler, a good guy, uh, and he caught something, Pete, this week that just. It blows me away it, to think about it. A, a true freak of nature. 10-8. 10-8. You covered us on Bass Blaster, by the way. Yeah. 10-8 yeah. spotted bass. Yes. Out of the reservoir that shall not be named in in uh, California. <laughs> Bullard's Bar. Bullard's Bar. <laughs> yeah, Bullard's Bar. Yeah. It, it's I, sick looking. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... It looks like it was blown up with right? an air compressor. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it? It really does. Yeah. I, I want to tell... And I'm, and I'm not going to drop... Which it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're giant out there. I don't want to... I'm going to drop half of the names on the story. Um, but Zona filmed a show out there with uh, Ayler uh, last year, and they caught them giant spots. And um, one of the elite pros came up to Zona. I'm not going to name this guy. But, like, furious... Like yelling at Zona, like, dude, why'd you do that? Why'd you give away that lake? Why'd you give away that secret? What's wrong with you? Like foaming at the mouth. Really? That's I can't awesome. hear you. <laughs> I said, why did Skeet do that to him? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Skeet. Uh, furious that he gave away to the world that Bullard Bar is producing this gi- these giants. And it's, dude, steady. We talked about it off, off camera. Dude, steady. Every year, you're seeing the weights go boom, boom, bigger and bigger. boom, bigger and bigger. And now they'll go straight down. They might go straight yeah. down. Right. After it aired on this show. It's because done. all eight of our listeners and viewers are going to go yeah, fishing. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because the 200,000 to watch Zona's yeah. show didn't go there. Uh, but but it's an amazing fishery, and uh, I'm excited. I, I saw the pictures. I think everybody, if you're a, a fish head, you've seen the pictures of this fish. It was a freaking beast, dude. And a spot. Which is, you know, you see... They don't get that big. No. You, we, we see big 10-pound-plus largemouth all the time. Mm-hmm. But to see a 10-8 spot, it's a totally different animal, dude. It's a totally, it, totally it different animal. It looked bigger in the photo. Like it it, looked it wasn't like he was doing this. No, like it, it looked like, like he had it right here. But it had tremendous width. Yeah. It had a, a, a tremendous, you know, girth on that thing. So I'm curious to hear the story. Because I, I can think back some of the biggest fish I've caught in my life, and there's always a story to it and i can't wait to hear about it so i think we're going to have him on the phone i think we've got him now brian carpenter's giving me the signal uh joining us i think he's from from out in, in the west hey, right now joining us live via phone whoa the one the only cody meyer everybody hey <laughs> what's going on guys how you doing tonight what up Man, I'm doing great. How you guys doing? We're doing good. And by the way, I've got, just to let you know, we've got Pete Glusick, Jay Kumar, and Dave Brodzik in the room. Dave Brodzik's just a nobody, but if he says something, you'll know who he is. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth, though. What am I going to argue? No, I'm just kidding, Dave. I'm just busting your balls. Uh, Dude, I am, uh, 
I, I we've got the picture up right now as we're talking to you, and I'm like drooling. That's I'm, unreal. I'm speechless. What the, the what what is that thing? It, it is a freak of nature. You know, obviously people know about the lake now. They've, they've said Lake X forever. I'm sure um, when you were talking to Zona, the guy it had to be skeet because I know <laughs> he, he's gone off to me too about it. But, uh, Told you. But uh, it is really, th- there's two reservoirs in California that have kokanee salmon. It's a landlocked salmon that they stock. And because they have that salmon, these spots get enormous. And once they get, there's no bait fish in this lake. So there's no shad, there's no smelt, there's nothing. It's just uh, the kokanee, they eat a plankton, and there's crawdads. So until a spotted bass can get to the size where it can eat a kokanee, uh, they're really, really small. But then once they eat kokanee, they gain a pound a year, and they look like they don't even look real. I mean, yeah. when I when I posted that photo, guys are like, "Hey, that's a Photoshop fish." It says it does look. It was like. a 10.80. No matter what you do, how you hold the fish, it's going to look fake. <laughs> it's it, it's amazing. I, I it actually we've got on the screen. It looks like one of those pillows, those fake bass pillows you get at Walmart. It's unbelievable. I I want you to jump right into it because we we were talking right before you came on, Cody. Like I think everybody remembers vividly their biggest fish they've ever caught, and there's always yeah. some amazing details in the catch, you know, between yep. when you set the hook and when you land it. Can you can you take us back when you caught this fish and, and give us some of that story? Sure, yeah. So, you know, the, the initial plan was to go up there uh, and get a couple pictures. I just did um, sign on with TackleWarehouse.com. And so the Jeff Hodge just sent me a bunch of gear and said, hey, just try to get a pick. So we went up there to try to catch, you know, a six, seven, eight pounder, which, <laughs> believe it or not, at this lake, a six seven pounder is is nothing it's just a small bass wow. really and there you know we've caught truckloads of eight pounders out of there so we went up there i started on my first spot uh like the second cast i caught a 666 and i'm like right on you know that's that'll work for a photo and then right after that i that's caught 835 which the beast. an 835 is a humongous bass i don't care what it is in a spot it's still it's like it doesn't even look real so we moved to another spot, uh, and uh, no, no lock. We moved to a couple different spots, and I pull up, and I actually see these fish on the grass and turn around, fire out there, and I felt the fish bite, set the hook, and it took off about five feet. I mean, just took off, uh, peel and drag, and then it stopped. And the thing was down about 20 feet, over 100 feet of water. These big spots rarely go to the bottom. Uh, just because they eat kokanee and their kokanee are always suspended. So it took off and it stopped. And for about two seconds, I'm sitting there holding the rod, and I literally thought I was snagged on a tree, which there's no trees or structure out there. So, you know, I was confused. I mean, it stopped. I'm snagged. I'm like, wait a minute. And then it slowly turns and swims right by me, right by the boat, you know, really slow, all the way out to deep water. I get on the troll motor, and it's just going like a – you know, just like it'd be normally swimming, not not worried about it or anything. And then I think this bass finally realized it was hooked, and it absolutely went crazy, took off. It was only six pounds, uh, fluorocarbon, oh, and wow. it was a, a literally a rodeo, dude. I mean, I was going Ike for sure. This what? thing was <laughs> screaming around. I remember looking on my graph, and it was down 
uh, 40 feet below the boat. I could see it. I'd pull it up about a foot and go down, pull up about a foot and go down. And there was a point where I literally questioned myself because an eight pounder, they fight really good. And I've caught some nine pounders, but this was, it was just something totally different. Yeah. And there was a point when I'm pulling and I'm like, how much harder can I pull without breaking the line? And, uh, it finally just kind of came up and it got right by the boat and turned on its side and like it was ready to be netted and then it took off again and uh behind the motor around the thing i, I probably look like a uh you know a david Fritz. you know running around the boat <laughs> trying to land this thing but you know i do it was big and we finally netted it and uh i looked at my buddy and i go dude how big is that he goes uh, it looks like a 15 pounder and I, you know, of course, I didn't. I knew it wasn't a fifteen pounder. It was something special. So we weighed it, and uh, it weighed ten seventy eight on my column right. And then I called the fishing game warden. He was about three hours away at Clear Lake, and uh, I said, "Man, I just caught a great big one. You know, what should I do?" And the whole reason he came up is because I was thinking at the time, you know, maybe a world record, but. Uh, a line class world record. I thought that'd be really cool. And yeah. then, you know, now it has potential to be a world record. And so I'm actually talking to the game warden. Um, it was about five minutes after I caught this bass, just sitting in the live well. And I retied, I fired back out there, and then I hook another one. And I said, hey, man, look, talk to my buddy here. And I caught an 827 as I'm talking on the phone. Oh, my <laughs> God. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Dude, it's, it's just, uh, it was a free day. You know, and the one thing with that place is, I mean, everybody knows about it. You know, there's obviously, there's probably bigger ones swimming there. But when those fish come up to feed, you have a chance. And then when they don't, it's like the worst fishery in the world. I mean, you'll, you'll go up there and you won't get bit for days at a time. And then you might catch a big one. So really, really cool and something I'll, I'll never forget for sure. That That's amazing. So what did, I, I need to know this. What did your five best weigh that day? Give me a, give me an estimate of what you think your five so, best weighed. Yeah. So on the column right, when we weighed everything, it was 41.55. Oh my God. All spots. All spots. <laughs> all spots. Oh, 41.55. And I live wow. by Clear Lake, the Delta, some unbelievable bass fisheries, you know, large fisheries, and I have never caught a 40-pound limit in my life except oh my God, on look this at place. That. I've done it multiple times, but oh it's, my God. it's like, that how, is that, how is that even possible with spots and you know, largemouth, it's hard to do. Dude, that's amazing. Well, I, I want to tell you something. Uh, not only is that an amazing day, but our very own Buying the Carpenter, our producer of the show, in his entire life has not caught 41.55 pounds of bass. <laughs> I've, I've never I've never seen a photo like the one. Cody, the picture they're showing now is you and your buddy holding, those, the, holding three of your best five up. I've never seen anything like no, that. No, they're all blimps. They're all blimpies. They are yeah. blimps. It's, crazy. It's Crazy, amazing. I know. It's... It's just, uh, you know, like I say, the, and the problem is, is about 10 years ago, I was fishing out there, and there'd be no one there, and you'd catch, you know, 53 pounders a day, and then 24 pounders, and then 15 five pounders, and then so every year you see it go down and down and down and down, and you don't catch two and three pound bass anymore. It's either a 12 incher or it's six to 11 pounds. Yeah, so it's because those it's, fish uh, are eating the two pounders. <laughs> they're eating them. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they, they can't even, they can't even grow. So at, at one point, when that class of fish kind of die off, 
mm. it's going to be back to uh, you know six seven pound limits until those fish get big enough to eat a coconut. Hey, wow. hey, Cody, it's Dave. I noticed, like Mike, you didn't mention your friend in the picture who helped you land the fish. Um, <laughs> you, you care to acknowledge the other half of the team that helped you get that record in the boat? Yeah, it was my buddy J.R. Wright. He, uh, he, he's been my team partner out here in California for like okay. 15 years. So awesome dude. He was stoked. And what was cool about it is uh, he caught his personal best bass that day, too, for a spotted bass, and it was 747. So... All these years of fishing together, we both catch our uh, our personal best, and just a crazy day. I mean, you know, and and actually, to to be honest, uh, when I caught it, we weighed it, we got it certified. There's so many different things you have to go through to to get it certified, which I didn't know. Like you can't weigh it from from a dock or a boat. It's got to be from land. You can't transport the bass. Whole bunch of stuff, and. Uh, you know, I wasn't even gonna gonna say anything about this fish until it got certified. But you know, the the social media world we live in, someone got a pic and it went viral, and I'm like, well, we're posting it now, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Did, did, I I might have missed it. Did did you say what you caught it on, or are you keeping you secrets like say. Kumar? I know what he <laughs> did. No, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna do the Kumar. No, I just caught it on a uh, five inch Ocho, just stick bait, and uh, you know, those fish, like I say, they. They never go to the bottom. So you see guys out there dragging worms, dragging jigs, and uh, they, they occasionally you might catch one like that, but these were they were all suspended. So I was just throwing it out there weightless, and once you know where they're at, you can kind of do it. And uh, you just kind of have to let it. And, you know, yeah. that particular day, we got five big ones to bite it. And uh, just, like I say, it's amazing. And what's, what's cool is we once we caught those five, you know, we ran around and we were still trying to catch more and, you know, still haven't got bit since that that last one bit. So you definitely, you know, have to take advantage of that place when they come up to eat because, you know, you might never catch them again. What, 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 what kind of hook yeah. do you use to catch same thing. a 10-pounder and not be panicked that you're going to lose that <laughs> on, on six-pound <laughs> bit? Six oh, the only hook you could use to not be panicked would be a gaff, man. I mean, it's... It's like the biggest adrenaline rush ever. I was just throwing a little owner mosquito hook, a number one, oh my tiny six-pound yeah. test. That's sick. And <laughs> That's crazy. I do love this. When, when you hook them, I'm a spinning rod fanatic, too, you know, growing up out here in California. Good but you. you hook them, and the head shake, these things throw off. They, they literally will throw their head so far to the right, to the left. It, every time they do it, it feels like you lose them because they'll throw slack in your line almost. Oh, my god. And... So you hook that, you know, when I hooked, hooked that thing and was fighting it, I mean, the whole time you're thinking, there's no way I'm going to land it. Because if it ate the bait too deep, you know, six pounds, it's going to break off on its jaw. You know, is this little little owner hook going to, you know, really hook it or is it just skin hooked? I mean, it takes, a, you know, a little bit of luck, too, to land those things because obviously you're talking about this football on the end of your line and light line and, and uh Definitely scary, man. What what was the what was the previous record? Uh, it was ten point three eight. What is right now is the world record. So, and there was a bigger fish caught. There was a, a bigger fish certified. Um, there's so it, it's just hard to say, you know. And the state of California, I don't know what happens from here, you know. But I did everything right, submitted everything, and uh, honestly, it was just like a. 
a bucket list thing, man, to, to catch one that big. You know, catching a 10-pound anything is, is awesome, but a spot was was even better for sure. So I caught it, and, you know, if I didn't get it certified, I'd still kind of be kicking myself. I mean, you want to know what that thing exactly weighed, and uh, we got it, man. It was it was definitely cool. Man, that, that's crazy. I'm uh, As you're talking, Cody, I'm checking our social feeds, and we've got a question that came in from... Don Palasso, and Don wants to know. He said, "Cody, what color Ocho did you catch that fish on?" And then, please tell me it wasn't a Kevin Van Dam color. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> KVD Magic. Yeah, it was a, a KVD Magic. We actually we went out with Striking last year after after Zona, you know, woke up the world. About that place, and he called me prior to that, and oh, God. Kind of told him, you know, hey, this is this is what you got to do and throw. Uh, but you know, they Ayler, obviously, he's a hammer and he knows what to do. But he went out and they caught those, and then we did a Strike King show that will air next year, and we we're just throwing the same exact bait. You know, the same exact point where last year in the show I caught an eight and a half and an eight, and then the guy with me caught an eight. So pretty cool, I thought. You know, it's a KVD magic. It was a color. Um, so yeah, he's he's still making baits and getting rich off them, but uh, <laughs> uh, real, really really cool. Yeah, uh, hey Cody, it's Jay. Are you? Did you have a rod rigged up with like ten pound test on it? You know, like I, I mean, were you fishing for? Why did you have to use six pound test? You know, these fish are giant. Like, yeah, yeah. So. There's times where there's a place you can see down, you know, 30 foot or so, really, really clear. Uh, and when you, I didn't have a rod with 10, I didn't even have a rod with 8 because I fished it so many times and believe it or not, those big old giant spots, you do, you go with a bigger hook, a little bit bigger line, you get a lot fewer bites. And so six pound, it's just, it's one of those things where you got to kind of hook it first before you can catch it, but there's a chance it would have been eight. And I know that sounds crazy to listeners and thinking there's no way a bass knows, but sometimes on these clear pressured lakes, six will make all the difference in the world. And then, of course, if you went to like a four, you'd catch even more, but you, you wouldn't land half of them. So I went out there just, you know, hey, I can, I'm sure I can get a few bites and, like, say, start off by catching those first two big ones. I thought, right on. And then that one was definitely a bonus, but. Six pound, nice. you know, is uh, is kind of something I've always thrown out there and have a lot of confidence in it, even though you would love to have, you know, a 50-pound braid if you could, but I just don't feel like you get, you know, the, the bites you need with a bigger line. What What about the other species? Are there largemouth or smallmouth in this lake? Why? Why Are there just spots? Yep, so there was at one point in time uh, in all these California lakes, uh, you know, Oroville, Shasta, they always used to be largemouth and smallmouth. Polar's part of the same thing. And then once these spots, it came from Smith Lake, Alabama, is where they came from, uh, and they got transported in California. Once they got in there, they just took over everything. And now there are largemouth in there, but I've fished this place for at least 10 years, and I've never caught one. So there's, that's how few there are in there. And... Wow. Uh, you know, those spots are just so much more aggressive. I don't know if they just eat the fry or, or what they do, but no no other species pretty much. Just big old giant freak spotted bass. And talking to uh, to Brandon Polovic, you know, up in Idaho there, that lake where 
he's trying to catch that you know huge smallmouth. It's the same setup. It's uh, you know Dorshack Dam up there. There's kokanee in that place as well, and that's why some of those big smallmouth you might be seeing those eight pounders are they're coming out of there. And it's it's like the perfect deal for any bass. If you have kokanee, you know you can <clears throat> they can eat them. They don't swim that fast. You could a bass can eat them from tail first from the side. Their their fins aren't bony. And fish will just gorge on them, man. And once you see these these bass, these spots, I mean, you wonder how they could even literally eat another crawdad, anything, but they still keep eating. And I've caught them before where uh, they'll spit up a kokanee in the live well. They'll be like 10 inches long. And I've caught them, too, where you'll actually see the head of a kokanee poking out of the stomach, like a little notch of the stomach. And it's like, wow. dude, what a, what a pig, man. Awesome. It's still trying wow. to eat. <laughs> uh, you, you, Cody, as you were talking, I just came up with, my eyes just lit up, because I just came up with the best theory for how to make our fishery better. Pete, we need to stock kokanee in the Delaware River. <laughs> wow. Immediately. I'm think, I was thinking the same exact thing. I'm like, the Alabama folks gave you the spotted bass. I think you should return the favor. That is Smith Mountain, he said. Virginia. Oh, I know. It's a Virginia? Know, no, Smith Lake. Smith Lake Smith, in Alabama. Smith Lake, oh, Alabama. Alabama. Alabama spot. All yeah. right, we've got a couple funny questions for you while we have you on the phone. Uh, and we need you to give uh, – you're the finesse guru. You're known as a spinning rod guy. We need you to give an alternate name to a spinning rod. I'm going to give you the choices, and you pick your favorite. Fairy right. wand, egg beater, upside down reel, Cinderella stick, Sister's Rod or Snoopy Pole? Egg Beater, for sure. Egg Beater! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my first year on tour, everyone used to say, dude, you fairy wander, egg beater, how can you throw those egg beaters? And it's like, hey, you know how it is when it gets tough. You want to catch fish, and uh, but I've heard that a ton of times. <laughs> wow. I, I think those guys are just trying to compensate for something. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that to you, Cody. They're, they're kind of like Skeet in his truck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> hey, I saw that truck the other day at the grocery store, and I thought, what in the world is going to go in the grocery store in that thing? <laughs> uh, we've got another. This one comes through Facebook. We've got another uh, fan question for you. And this is Gary the Snail. Wants to know what Gary the Snail. SpongeBob. <laughs> I don't know. That's what he said. His name is Gary the Snail. Wants to know um, in a UFC fight, who would win, you or JT Kenny? Oh, that's easy. You know, I would think JT Kenny because he would probably be dirty, man. <laughs> who knows? I like JT. He's, who knows? He might poke my eyes out, man. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, wow. I, thought, I thought for a minute he was going to say Peroznik, and I, I, I think I could do Peroznik. Yeah. I don't know if he could catch me, but if he did catch me, you like a bear getting a hold of you, man. That dude could bench press a buffalo, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he wouldn't catch it because he's legally blind in one eye. So I think you you could run away from him. Uh, <laughs> run to the left. <laughs> Let's run to the left. You're good, uh, man. Thanks for joining us and sharing with uh, our our viewers and listeners that story. It's amazing to me still, and uh, it makes me want to freaking hop on a plane Hell right yeah, now, buddy, and go out there. Is that other lake out there? You said there's two Small lakes out there. Lake is there? Idaho. There is one more lake. Yeah. Now, actually, oh. you just went to. Uh, came out here right now and there's there's another lake that uh 
close to clear like that they just start stocking coking in so i have a mm-hmm. feeling it starts with the bee in about five years they're going to potentially see this a little bit more but there is another lake uh it's super tough to get a bite it's called whiskey town it's outside of redding california i fished that place probably 20 times five times i've got bit i've never caught one under six pounds though so they're huge up Holy there too but heck. that lake is always super gin clear it's, you can see down 40 feet uh and grass will grow up off the bottom like 12 so if you throw anything on the bottom you're not going to get a bite so it's it's a little bit trickier but yeah man if you ever come out here i'll take you out there man we'll have a we'll have a good time I, i'm going to take some big ones i'm going to take you up on that for sure and uh we want to wish you the best next year cody and flw you've been thank you inches away for the last five or six years of winning aoy so we wish you the best over there and uh and have an amazing christmas and holiday and for all our listeners and viewers um how can they follow you if they want to follow your fishing and your escapades how can they follow you yeah, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Everyone's uh, at Coach Meyer Angler. I try to post, you know, pictures from here, California to Florida to New York, everywhere in between. So definitely give me a follow. And uh, same to you guys. To all you guys, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and, and uh, we'll all be fishing soon, man. You got it. Appreciate Thanks, it. Cody. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Cody. Bye, Thank you guys. Good luck. Thanks. Wow, bro, that was a giant, bro. That was sick. Giant. All those fish are just so ballooned up. Dude, four, 41.55 for five. It, it, you know what's so fascinating was it's the same fish in Smith Lake, which which catching a big fish, four or five pounder, is a is a yeah. great accomplishment. It's, a, it's the same, same DNA, genetics. DNA. Same genetics. Just a, just a yeah. different bait fish, yeah. and he's able to explode like that. Well, it's probably a lot to do with the climate that's out in California, the stability or the depth or yeah. water temperature, too. But, uh, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed amazing. to tell you, the biggest spot I ever caught has been like a five-and-a-half pounder that I caught from the lake that you went on. Lake Martin. Lake Martin. I caught about a five-and-a-half pound that's spot. A giant that's a big spot. That's the biggest bass, spot I ever yeah. caught in my life. That's yeah. a lake, big one. Logan Martin is the one that is the lake that has probably the biggest average size spotted big bass. Coos a lot of, lot of three- and four-pounders in that lake. Yeah. But that's five-pounders a giant. I don't, I don't know that I've caught one that big. I know me and Dave have never caught a spot. Why there's spots in, in this lake right out here up back? No, nah, bro. No, nah, I did. I, I I got one on. I got one on ten tom about ten years ago. I got a small spot. Did you really? Yeah, yeah I did cool. one. That's cool. The guy had to tell me what I didn't know. Bro, you and Dave are the only two that haven't caught spots. <laughs> me and this guy. You know what? Becky probably even. I'm just one. Listen, dude. I'm blown away that he is fishing with six was, pound test. I love that. The That's tiny awesome. hook. Yeah, you've caught a spot before, Jay. Yeah. You know how sharp their teeth yes. are. Yeah, they have sharper teeth than largemouth do. They protrude just a and little he's bit. Talking further. about the head shake and they could saw the line I, with the teeth. I'm thinking that same thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm blown away. I mean, it. I mean, he didn't even say that he lost any fish. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he really must know what he's doing because I don't think. I don't even think you put us four in this room out in a boat out there and we're <laughs> catching them like. We might hook them, right? But you know, if we can get that lucky. But I don't think we're getting them all in. Well, you no. got you got to think if he's got that fish hooked deep inside the mouth, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster with all with all that teeth. But uh, I guess man, you just got to take that gamble, man. It's hook open them on the water, outside. Though. You just got to play the fish. No, yeah. no way. Dude. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's, at, it's le- like, at least you're right. At least he didn't have standing timber or something that, for right. that fish to wrap in or break. Well, you got to get real lucky with no rubbing. Yep. Six pound. That's Test? light. 
That's I mean, why. you know, That's and a why. little hook that could bend out. Hey, he's got the world record. I mean, he, I'd he love did to it see right. it. Like, I'd love to see it. I hope there's a video of that thing. I he wonder. He he was out there with, was he out there with Tackle Warehouse or not? He was filming for Tackle Warehouse. So filming. I wonder if there is video. Yeah. That'd be yeah. sweet. That'd be amazing. Now, let me, let me ask you, there's a lot of people that catch these big ones all over the country. And how do people post it on, on Bass Blaster? How do they... How do they get to it? If somebody catches a giant yeah. and they want to highlight that fish, how can they There's get it to There's like you? a small army of people who either tag us or, uh, you know, hashtag or send it, you know, yeah. in. Yeah, there's a lot. I tell you, the thing I'm more impressed, and you post big ones every every email I get, there's giants. But I like when you post the weird-looking ones. Dude, <laughs> right? that's the deal. Do you ever see that? Like giant head, little body, or the big black spots on them? Yep. The yeah. creepy fish. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're the deal. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, have have people been catching these things for 50 years, but only now with social media do we see them all? You know, like, right. or all of a sudden are they springing think, up now, the weird uh, fish? I think it's the the latter. Because the, people have camera phones now. Yeah. Right, didn't have that. Everybody's got one, you know. Yeah. So right, you're yeah. getting video and right. pictures of fish that you would never see before. Right, you know? right, yeah. And you're the you're the place where they show up. <laughs> the weird fish capital <laughs> of the world, man. Wow, that some, was awesome, man. Thank you for having them on, guys. That was that, that was, was really cool. that was a treat. It's cool to hear those stories of the the fight, you know. Yeah, like absolutely. as he's telling me, I'm imagining that that fight was like a 20 minute fight. Yeah, it sounded almost like a saltwater battle, you yeah. know, where he's totally chasing does. the thing down. Yeah, but he said he saw it forty feet down. Did I catch that right? Twenty, twenty, 20 feet down, 20. over hundred. Well, yeah. He was seeing it on a sonar. Right. Oh, he was wild. Okay. Yeah, he was seeing it there. That's how he caught it. He saw the arch, and he cast it to the arch. At least that's that's something. something that's amazing. That I had heard, and uh, and then watching the fish swim under forty feet, of watching them, you know, go underneath your sonar. That, that's just amazing. Mm. What he said, yeah. it swam by the boat. I was thinking of Jaws. Yeah. Giant fin. I was picturing uh, David Fritz, because I know he's coming on. But I watched I watched uh, oh, yeah. uh, his classic win, where he goes around the boat three times oh, yeah. with yeah. the four founders, you know, just yeah. walking around. I, and Cody was talking about him. Like, it he just did re- the same yeah, thing. He, did the, he fritzed them. Yeah. To fritzed this day, nobody has done that like he's done that. No. Nobody yeah. will take the chance like that, to have it on that long, yeah. you know, walking around. Tire it down, that right moment to land yeah. that fish. It's amazing. And the scoop. Yeah. Well, speaking of David Fritz, I, I think we've got him here. Brian Carpenter, am I correct? We've got him. He's joining us via phone. I think he's he's off at a camp somewhere hunting. We're going to find out where he's at. Uh, recently announced coming back to the elites. Woo! And, uh, and, and in my opinion, one of the true, true legends of the sport. The one, the only, David Fritz, everybody. Hey! David! <laughs> David, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you. Good, good to talk to you. Uh, where are you at? What are you doing? You, you hunting some stuff? What do you got going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm here in South Texas, uh, doing a little bit of recreational deer hunting, like I always do. We've got a lease down here about five thousand acres, and it's usually nice and warm and fun. Boy, it's cold today. It's been really cold today. About cold to get there. 
Well, it, it, I, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. And by the way, you're talking with uh, Pete Glusick, uh, Jay Kumar, and the Stormtrooper from Star Wars is also in the house with us tonight. He's making a, Oh, boy. Yeah. He, he's making a special guest appearance tonight. Uh, <laughs> let, I, I just want to jump right into it. Um, I am stoked that you're coming back to Fish the Elites. Tell us about why you're making this change. Why are you doing this? What got into your head, and why are you coming back to the elites? Well, you know, every time you go to the classic, uh, and I, I always go to all the classics, and you know, it, it's just—I don't know—it's just something that's in you, and uh, you know, Bath is is where I got my name at, and it's just—I uh, don't know—it always. Just puts a buzz over my body, I guess, when I'm in there, uh, watching a classic and I thought, you know, uh, if I ever get the opportunity, I'm gonna go back and fish in. And plus, I need a little change. I need something to, to get my, I don't know, to get my inner self going and, and get back on track. And <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I am so excited. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I I can't wait to have you back on that circuit fishing with us again. It's it's going to be awesome. And for our viewers and listeners watching tonight, I just want to rattle off some stats for you, David. Uh, 27 years as a pro, 56 top 10 finishes, almost 2 million in earnings, uh, 93 classic champ, 94 angler of the year, 97 FLW cup champ. Uh, I mean, it's incredible. It's so impressive to read that list off. But I, I want to start this conversation with, of, of course, you've probably talked about this a million times, but i got to tell you, you really have changed the way that people fish. Um, you, you've inspired a whole generation of crankbait anglers, um, and, and i got to tell you, I'm one of them. I, I'm one of them, and I don't I don't know if you remember this because I you know now that I've been fishing professionally for a lot of years, I don't remember every co angler I've ever drawn. I remember a few, but I, I don't know if you remember this, but I drew out with you in the first pro am I ever fished as an amateur. I drew out with you, David. It was 1993. It was on Lake Norman. And I vivid, I vividly remember a couple things about this. I vividly remember being excited out of my mind to be fishing with you to the point to where I almost was just watching from the back. I was like shell, I was like shell shock. You know those amateurs you're getting, they don't even cast, and you're looking back, you're like, yeah, you're like, what the hell are you doing back there? You're not casting. That was me. That was me in your boat. I remember that, and I remember that you were fishing off the bank. At Norman, which was unusual, because everybody was flipping docks, everybody was throwing an eighth ounce black buzz bait, everybody was, you know, the normal deal, and and you were yep. off off the bank, and it was the first time I ever saw two fish caught on one lure. Was with you as an amateur, and that was that was 1993. Do you remember that? I know you do. Come on. <laughs> no. I, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've caught double so many times. Uh, yeah, I was the one with the long hair and sounded like I was from yeah. Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. David forgets everybody yeah, from well, Jersey. He's you know, that's boat. what got me addicted to the crankbaits. Is well, one thing when you throw someone all your life, that's all you want to do, and you know, you learn a lot about them and. 
I don't know. I've told this story many times, but I probably fished six or seven years before I ever even picked up a piece of plastic. One thing I couldn't feel it when I hit a rock, I think I had a bite, and I couldn't tell the difference between a bite and what the bottom felt like. So I just kept throwing my crankbait. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's sort of how that that evolved, and uh, and still doing the same thing. It, it, it's amazing to me because, like I said, you you really have an understanding of what to do with the bait, how to throw it, the feel for the bait. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the top-tier guys now, right, you look at a lot of these young guys, you look at Kevin Van Dam, you look at these guys that are so good now at cranking, you directly inspired all those guys or taught those guys. Do you ever regret letting the secrets <laughs> out that you let out over the years about crankbait fishing? <laughs> No, not really. I mean, it sort of goes along with the game. I mean, I I fished with Van Dam, took him down to you follow because I needed him to catch a bunch of fish so I could make the plastic <laughs> egg here. And uh, so, and, and I'm not saying that he learned anything, but he got pretty good with it after that. And then the same thing with a lot of other people. I was. It's funny, Dave. This is Pete and. The uh, I fished with Kevin during that Ufala tournament. We drew out in yeah. that, we drew out in that invitational, and uh, yeah, we we well we we smashed him up. He took second place and did make the classic through that, and and you did make the classic through your division. So that was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But he showed me uh, it it a second hand. You taught me how to crankbait fish. I didn't know if you knew that, but but I, it was unbelievable. It was so eye opening to watch how Kevin, uh, you know, isolated that cover, what waiting for the current to rip and and what types of habitat to be targeting, and and that all came from you second hand. And uh, yeah, that was that was one of the most amazing things that that I've experienced. But it's what amazes me is your commitment to the crankbait. Because I, I fished against you in the top 100 and the 150s and, and on, and the fish would be spawning all over the banks, and you're out in the middle of the lake still cranking that crankbait. What spawning fish? Yeah, I'm trying to find one of those dummies that ain't one in there yet, and that's usually when I get cleaned out pretty good. But, you know, when you can't see them sight fishing, you just have to sort of – sometimes you just have to relate to, you know, what you do best and – sort of hang in there and there's always always some fish that are not on the bank when most of the fish are there's always some that's not and they're really hard to find but that's sort of what i've always strived for well i've seen you do it i mean the, the amazing thing mike talked about your earnings and it's you when you win you win big and i've been in those tournaments where they're spawning and that's the way they're catching them but i've also been in those tournaments where it seems like we're all fishing for second place, and you're you're so far out in front. It 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 always blew me away. It seemed like you're able to catch crankbait fish in a way that that the rest of us aren't. Um, it, I mean, can you explain that? I mean, you seem to do stuff that's a little different than the rest of us. Mike Mike's extremely good at crankbait fishing and has won major tournaments doing it, and I, I'm fairly good with it. But you you can do things the rest of us can. I think. Well, you know, I think a lot of it is, is, you know, knowing what you're feeling and being able to feel the bait. I always tell, even, you know, when I do a seminar, learning the feel of that bait is, is the most important thing because 
the only advantage I really think I have, if I have any, is when a fish is close to my bait or or really, really light bite, uh, I can catch a lot of those fish where I feel like a lot of people can. And I think that's probably the biggest advantage. And knowing what to look for and when you do catch one, uh, you know, being able to put together a pattern and, you know, putting that crankbait pattern together sometimes is really difficult because you got cutter there and you've got the depth of your bait, you've got the action of your bait, you've got so many things involved. And being able to put all that puzzle together, that's when you're going to win big. So, uh, and that's sort of what I've done all my life. And, you know, a lot of times I can't figure it out, but when I do, I usually do real well. Hey. David, it's Jay Kumar. How you doing, man? It's good to hear your voice. Hey, man, I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, I got a question for you. Um, you know, you're there. I always saw you had two elements to what you were doing. This unbelievable feel of a crankbait, like you just described, and then pinpointing some minor, if you will, that seem minor to other people, offshore structure. And I'm wondering, has the modern electronics thing, has that, uh, I'm sure it's helped you, but has it hurt you competitively? Are other people finding the things that you would you would only find in the past? That's a good question. Well, Jay, you know, it has hurt a lot of us. And, and you know, we were able to find this structure and what the fish were doing simply by looking at the at you know the old sonars the old flashers the old stuff and now you know people that can never catch a fish off the bank can catch one off the bank now you know with stuff like what ray marine has and some of the other companies have uh you know such a clear vivid picture and and it's hard it's hard to compete and, and Things that took me a day or two to find, I mean, you can find these things instantly. And it's made it extremely tough in competitive fishing. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. I feel the same way. And I along those lines, Dave, this is Ike again. i got to ask you. Um, you know, I, I want to know, are you, are you a different angler now? than you were in 1993 i mean who who are you as an angler are you are you in 2017 are you the same angler or have you had to adopt adapt your fishing styles add new techniques how how next year are you coming out at like at a new as a new guy or are you the same david fritz from 1993 <laughs> Well, you know, you're at least that. I mean, you're at least the same angler you've always been. And, you know, the main difference is is a, is what you have to deal with, the, the electronics and the competitiveness. And people have got a lot smarter about fishing. And and I think I've got better, too. I've got better, and I'm going to have to get a lot better fishing with you guys. But, uh, you know, that can be... Uh, uh, that's going to happen. It's just, uh, you know, it's always fishing bass. It just seems like when you ever got in the groove, it was so easy, but it was so hard to get in the groove, to get things going your way, where every time you went out there, it was like fish jumping in the boat. And that happened a lot. It happened to me for seven or eight years. Everywhere I went, everywhere I threw, I could catch fish. And then it sort of flip-flops in. You just sort of let little small things, you sort of lose 
pack with them. You, you sort of forget about them and, and, and don't realize how much they matter. And then all of a sudden, it sort of comes back together again. So, uh, But it is. It's a lot more competitive because fishermen and anglers are a lot smarter. We have better equipment. Uh, I mean, that's just like your boats and your engines. I mean, look how much better the engines are now than they were you know, 20 years ago, I mean, you think you could never get any better, but they do, and it's the same thing with anglers. They just keep getting better and better. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I want to corner, corner you on something else, too, David, real quick. Um, I, you changed the way that fans follow the sport. Um, in my opinion, you were one of the first anglers ever in the history of fishing to have flotilla of spectators. I mean, you know, <laughs> hundreds of boats. He captured. A, yeah, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like that. I'm, I'm talking about in the ni- early mm-hmm. 90s. It's true. And mm-hmm. and now, you know, now it's it's commonplace. You see it everywhere in FLW and the elites and everything in between. Are you mad at David for that? I'm not mad at him for that. <laughs> I, I'm not mad at him. But I, I want your opinion. Is the fan and spectator of today different than the ones that you had back then um you know you you hear a lot of people you know they're being cut off you know they're fishing around you they're marking your spots and coming back and fishing it when you leave is is it a different fan now than it was when when you started this craze you know like it might be a little bit different i know when i fished the one on high rock i had to fish to win and Two boats sort of stayed there, and but usually that's not really the only time it's ever happened to me. I mean, people were very courteous. They looked out, they stayed back from you, and you know, obviously they were going to fish there after the tournament was over. But it, they was, I think maybe there was a little more respect back then. It's just like fishing right. in general in the whole circuit. They were more respect back in the in the older days than they are in. It's sort of like the daughter sign has got in front of a lot of a lot of anglers, especially young anglers, and it's, I think it's it's the only thing that's holding this sport back right now. Mm. Well, I got I got a question. You, Mike, this is a question for you. Yeah. For the, David created a term, Fritzen the fish. Yep. The going ar- blitz. Fr- going around the boat. Play, overplaying the oh, fish, yeah. yeah. Is is that did that influence you? Because uh, I see you doing a lot of that. Now. Oh my gosh, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the, the yeah the way the way you fought fish, David, influenced me. The the rod you chose, the delay of the hook set, the all of it. You know, uh, you, you know. And again, as as yeah, I don't know. You know, you've impacted so many people, but it's amazing to me. You know that people develop their styles. Based on, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're they're heroes of the sport or the who is the top in the sport mm-hmm. at that time. And I really, honestly, I'm telling you, I am the fisherman I am today, and a lot of what I do based off of watching you. It's pretty funny, <laughs> but I am, I really am. Well, I, I I remember I watched the night the the classic that you won. I think it was '93, and uh, mm-hmm. you're you're. You're going around the boat with another four-pounder. You know, you're moving around. You're going around the flagpole. After the second or third four-pounder, why not take down the flagpole? <laughs> I didn't have time. I had you to make a cast. <laughs> but I can tell you what, if I'd lost one of them four-pounders, I wouldn't have won. And that's, you know, that's something you learn 
that I learned early on is I got to figure out how to catch nine out of ten fish that bites my crankbait instead of five out of ten, and that's what was happening a lot of the time. You you know you get ten bites, but you only catch five of them, and, and it, you can't win doing that. So. Yeah, I know. You just sort of have to try to keep the fish from jumping and just sort of ease them in. And a lot of times, uh, if, the, if your line's coming up, you know if you quit whining, he'll go back down. But if you keep whining, he's going to jump. So, And you learn all these things, and you sort of compact it in your brain and, and adjust to it. And actually, there, when I won a classic, I had, I had a pretty good system for catching most of the fish. I really think that... Out of ten bites, I'd catch nine of them. So, and a lot of you know, I know it gets boring watching somebody going around the boat ten times, but that's what it does. Boring. Because I, I remember precisely that I had one fish fin hooked, and there's no way that I would have ever caught that fish fishing, uh, you know, bite them any different. I, yeah. it, it seemed like every fish you had was barely hooked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. After fighting it for twenty minutes, <laughs> uh, I want to completely when they when I get them in, I want to be able to reach down there and they they give up. <laughs> hey, hey, David mm. J. Kumar again. Hey, I think one reason guys don't compete with crankbaits a lot of times. Okay, you know, Lake may not set up for it, whatever, but. Uh, I, they're scared to lose a fish. They'll 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 get a lot of bites, like the one classic at Gunnersville, I think it was. A lot of people fishing lipless baits, and I heard story after story. You know, I had the fish on to win and lost them and this and that. How do you not lose those? I get that you know you can feel a crankbait and you can feel it bite and then you hook it, but how are you not losing crankbait fish that all these other guys are gonna lose? Well, a lot of that has to do with, you know, your equipment that you have. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer in glass. It just, you get a little better hook in, in the fish. And, and you know, over the years, we've developed a lot of stuff. Even, you know, at BMC, we made that short set hook. And and it was probably the best hook and, and is the best hook that has ever been made. For Actually, if a fish bites it, you're not going to lose it. So, uh, you know, along with that and along with, you know, just how you're fighting a fish. I mean, I leave my drag no loose. I don't want some. When my line comes up, I slow my wind up. And just pay attention to what's going on, and you'll be surprised how many more of them you can catch uh, by doing that. Uh, use a low stretch line and use uh, the rod that I'm using is a loose rod. And it used to be browning back in those days, and it's Pretty much the same rod. It's got about eight percent uh, graphite in it because of the, you know, crankbaits have got bigger, so you had to add a little bit to it. But it's still got that really slow action. That's probably the number one thing that puts fish in your boat. Wow. Is is you know they can suck that bait in and you're not winding it out of their mouth. So, mm. and I'm still using the five one reels. You know the BB ones, wow. loose BB ones, and. And I still say that has a lot to do with it. Uh, and and a lot of times, if you'll pay attention to how the fish are biting, a lot of times you don't even need to jerk. If you got good hooks on there and you got low stretch line, you don't have to try to jerk like you're setting a hook on a jig. Just keep whining, and you'll catch those fish. It's amazing 
uh, how that works. And then, you know, if they're biting your bait real hard and knocking slack in your line, obviously you've got a jerk. So a lot of it's just reading how they're biting your bait. Yeah. And that, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, David, we've got some instant messaging questions coming in from our uh, viewers and listeners tonight. And Rick's, mm-hmm. Rick Springfield wants to know, <laughs> did Rick Kluns win have an impact on why you decided to come back to the elites? Uh, I was glad for Rick, and I was glad to see it. Um, yeah, I don't think it impacted me a lot because I've been wanting to do this for about two or three years and just hadn't had the opportunity. Uh, but, uh, you know, the old guys can still catch them. Don't think they can, and, and hopefully uh, that's going to keep happening. You know, the only thing that's different is we don't have quite the energy that somebody 20 years old has or 25 years old. And the stamina, but we're still pretty dang tough. And, you know, hopefully some of the knowledge that we have will make up for the difference. Yeah. I've got uh, I've got one coming in from Rob Rockwood. And his, <laughs> que- his this is more of not really a question, but his, his statement is, back when FLW was cool and you won on Okeechobee and beat out Kevin Van Dam in the low water tournament. Was that the best feeling in the world? Yeah, it was. Anytime you beat Kevin's a pretty good feeling. And, uh, and uh, he actually had a tournament one. If he, if he would have had some different hooks on his crankbait, he would have won that tournament. I can tell you because it's right there on film, and you go back and watch it, and you'll see. Because you don't try to swing a fish around and try to get another hook in him before you throw him in the boat. But and, and that was just something uh, we've all done it before, but. You know, that's the only reason I won. I beat him by like, I don't know, two pounds or something. And he had to fish on to win it. So, but it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling anytime you win. It don't matter who it is. You know, you're really fishing against the fish anyway. So, uh, but somebody like Kevin, uh, it's just a little extra special when you yeah. win. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Or Ike or, or several other people. So, anyway. We've got one more from Steve Pellegrino, and Steve says, you help put companies like Pose and Rapala on the map. Can you tell us, give or take five or ten, how many Pose and Rapala crankbaits you've sold? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I've... We've sold time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right now, and, and I'll be honest, you're getting ready at this year's Classic to see, to see, in my opinion, the best crankbait that's ever hit this market, and it's going to be made by Berkeley. We've been working on these things for three years, and we're making the baits smaller that run deeper, and I think that's our biggest deal is. Yeah. You know, I've got a bait that's the size of a 200 bandit that runs 14 feet deep, um, and, you know, we've got a size, the old 300 pose, we've got that same bait, but instead of running 10 feet deep, ours runs 16 feet deep. So, and our 25 foot is the same thing as a DD-22, and it runs 25 feet deep. So, I actually stumbled on several things, and, you know, I'm thinking with Frank Bates all the time, and we really, uh, some of the guys there in the hall that I work with directly with that, we really have hit a home run on this deal. And it's uh, it's something that's fun to fish. It doesn't wind hard, and it's all about water dynamics. We let the water push the bait down instead of the lip. So uh, 
It's pretty incredible. I, you, a lot of people are going to going to really be impressed. I, like I say, I don't know that I've ever, and you know, I've, I've worked on Pose, I've worked on, made most of the DTs and for Rappler, but we really, uh, and they're all all good baits, and they all will always be good baits. But we've hit a little home run with this, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I just, uh, you know, when when I started testing these things, it's like I had to go test them four or five times because I can't believe what I'm seeing. You know, I can't. I go out there with the measuring tape on a rake and my lure favor, and I know how deep these baits are running precisely to the inch. And it just blows me away what these baits are doing and, and how easy they throw and, you know, how they work. So uh, that's something that's sort of, I don't know, that's something that's sort of come along with me for a long time. I know what it takes to make crankbaits do certain things, and, and you know, that's what I do. That's what I do. I Ever since Pose, you know, we've we done nothing but modify them to make them better. And then when you make things better, you realize what it takes to make a really good bait. So uh, the DTs are fantastic baits. They throw real well. Uh, they get down good. But now we want to step further in making a smaller bait that gets down further. So anyway, you can look them. They're called dredgers, and they're getting ready to be out from Berkeley here in about, oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe you can buy some in January, by February for sure. Wow, that's interesting. All right, now we've got uh, he he's flown in from I don't know how far Space. away, another galaxy probably. Uh, we've got one of the stormtroopers from Star Wars here tonight, David, to ask you some questions, and it's it's special because he's also got a Christmas hat on tonight. So, stormtrooper, good to have you. Good to have you, stormtrooper. Did you want to ask David some questions, Fritz? <laughs> yes. Let's get this out today first. You will now admit that you did indeed steal the Fritz and Blitz from our very own Blitz Krieg. <laughs> True or false? <laughs> if you say that, <laughs> I will take that as a true. <laughs> Fritz, you will also need to know that in 1993 on the Lake Norman. That Iconelli did indeed touch himself via his pocket whilst watching you throw the crankbaits around. <laughs> the entire time. That's not true. Well, and perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you forgot he was in the boat because you do indeed remember that. <laughs> That's not true. All right. I also must say that in... 1995, I did indeed spend $200 down at Timonium, the Bass Bass Expo, on Poe's crankbaits, because you told me they work. (laughs) Yep. And they do. I bought four to one Lowe's reels that did indeed break very quickly thereafter. (laughs) That happened. That was my Bradley's department store money that I spent. (laughs) But I do indeed have Pose 200 crankbaits still laying around that all the best wood crankbaits around, I might say. <laughs> I like the pose to it. There we go. <laughs> Fritz, one more thing, please. Actually, two more things. In the 2004, we shared some structure at an FLW tournament on Barry de Champlain near Knight Island. You were fishing with a drop shot. 
and I watched you. And you did very much look like Usain Bolt in the deep end of the pool. <laughs> I can't tell you I did. I was lost. <laughs> look out of place. Watch the Olympics and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> that is all, Fritz. Thank you for your time. Wow, Star Trooper, everybody. <laughs> wow! Thank you, David, for getting through that. <laughs> yeah, it was those stormtroopers. <laughs> hey, David, did I read somewhere that your family's in the watermelon business? <laughs> we actually—that's what I do. I fish and farm, and I make crank bait. So, uh, yeah, we we raise produce, but yeah, watermelons and pumpkins and sweet corn and all that kind of good stuff. But I have to fish so I can farm. Farming is a losing proposition. <laughs> wow, worse than fishing. Do you hear that? Wow. <laughs> Well, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, yeah, my whole family does that. Well, you're about to take on the elites. You mentioned it before. We talked about it. It's the 20 year old's got a lot of energy. You you had uh, you had an eye problem. You had uh, you were struck by lightning. Yeah. How's your he- mm-hmm. how's your health doing, man? Are you are you tip top? Well, I'm doing okay. I've, I've had bypass surgery, too, back about, oh, going on four years ago, I guess. And actually, I, I feel really good. I was lucky I didn't have a heart attack. But, you know, my biggest problem is I like to eat. <laughs> and and some, a food company or, or a drug company, you know, they'd be a great sponsor for me. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, that's... Uh, uh, but I'm really, I, I'm pretty good. No, I don't, I haven't got the energy that I had when I was 30, but I still have a lot of energy. And I'm really, I, I feel pretty dang good. I still get get up early in the morning and, and go at it all day long. I uh, I I can attest to the fact that you like to eat. We uh, I don't we were out we were we were out somewhere. Damn. <laughs> this, this, no, this is interesting. We were out at one of these events, Bass University or one of these events. We we're giving seminars. We went out to eat and and Dave we were eating lobster, and he asked yeah. he asked for the biggest lobster that they had. And they brought out a lobster. I swear it was as big as this wow. coffee table right there. Yeah, he weighed almost 12 pounds. <laughs> 12 pounds. He, and everybody there thought they was going to get some of it. <laughs> he, he ate that sucker, man. He did. <laughs> wow. That was sort of my 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 notary, the, the eating thing. So <laughs> he had 12-pound lobster. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Well, I wish you, you know, great success out there on the tournament trail. I know you, you, you're, you're had bypass. The I, I read this while I was getting ready for this interview, and I did, didn't say much about it. But you were struck by lightning. What? How did that? How did that happen? That was at the. If I'm not, that, I fished that tournament, David. It was Paducah, yeah. Paducah River. It was an E50. Yep. I remember that event. Yep. Yep. That's right. It was. It. Uh, I actually, I was going to the hospital and because it sort of fried my boat and I <laughs> cut my face when it, I just, I just got lucky and sort of knocked me out. But the problem was about three days later, I lost my vision and I actually had to go to a pediatric, uh, doctor. 
to get my eyes straightened out because they were like seeing triple and I couldn't even hardly walk. And, you know, this went on and they put some glasses on me that had prisms. I had to wear these for several weeks and, and they kept adjusting them and it actually just trained my eyes and straightened them back out. It was amazing. Wow. But you have to wear glasses now, you know, that's the only bad thing, but, uh, Holy cow, Fritz! I'm is sure it wasn't a direct hit, yeah. but it was so close that you know, like I say, it fried my boat. And and luckily, and I never do this. I never get down in my boat. I'm, I, you know, I'm always in the in the seat up on the front of my Ranger boat, and it, and it's just one of those deals where it was so bad that I got down in the boat and tried to get out on the console. I too big console, so I just got down low as I could, and and. So, but I felt heat run up, run up my back, and that's all I remember. It knocked me out for I don't know ten minutes, probably maybe fifteen. Wow! But that's all. That's all I can tell you about it. That's all I know. Good wow. night. That's amazing. That always scares me to death that yeah. we we have to compete through that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it, it doesn't. The tournament doesn't stop. Every other sporting event would shut down. Yeah. And and guys would yeah. be able to you know not get an advantage. But so many times I've been for in that situation where yeah, you're like scary. you see all the other guys competing and yeah. and you keep going and lightning bolts are dropping and yeah. and honestly the other the other thing about it is there's really no good uh, formula on what the safest thing to do is. There isn't right. one. There isn't one. No, it's a crapshoot. Right. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. Right get low. Get yeah. low and hope for the best. Get low. That's it. Well, mm-hmm. da- David, I want to I want to um, thank you for coming on the show. It was man, it was an honor to have you on here tonight and to get to to talk to you and ask you questions. Uh, you know, Christmas is oh, coming up. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas is coming. We want to wish you a merry Christmas. Yeah. And and I can tell you, can't wait to see you on tour next year. Can't wait to compete against you. I'm excited about it. And. You've got a birthday coming up, so everybody here at Ike Live, even though it's not your birthday yet, we want to wish you a happy birthday it's very soon. <laughs> That's right, yep. Yep, thank you. You're awesome. December the 29th. You're awesome, David. We appreciate it, and uh, we will see you soon, and have a great Christmas. All right, same to you guys. Yeah. Thanks for Thanks, having me David. Thanks, Bless a lot. You, David. Good luck. All right, bye-bye. David Fritz. David Fritz, man. Yeah. Wow. So he gets back on tour, and you guys can... Observe them under a microscope like you had the whole right. time. Exactly. Here's what you ate, David. Here's yeah. what you did in the boat. Yeah. I remember everything about that guy, man. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And at Stormtrooper, Dave made a quick appearance. That was pretty good. Dude, he always comes with the best questions. I, the one thing about Stormtrooper, I don't know if it's like the force or if it's the anti-force, but dude, I cry. I like literally have tears that come my eyes every time that guy comes in here. Funniest thing is, maybe about, I don't know, 30 years ago. I, I, like there was no sensitivity training in the 80s, but whatever version of it it was, like I didn't know that like another 30 years later I'd be on a show doing what I got thrown out of class doing. Dude, all it took was the first time I saw Hogan's Heroes and watched Wilhelm von Klink, you know, like you know, like Hogan. That's that was, where like, you started perfecting the voice. That was Hogan's Heroes, oh dude. That's it, man. Wow. Yeah. About half our listeners are like 20 to 28. I would say they don't know who Hogan's Heroes. 80 percent don't know what Hogan's Heroes <laughs> yeah. is. Oh my God. Yeah. Sergeant Schultz. Right. I didn't hear you, babe. Or McHale's Navy. McHale's Navy. Spinoff. That was a spinoff. Oh, my God. There's so many. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in so far. We still have a show left, Oh, my goodness. We still have uh, Steve Lassard, the 2016 Hobie World Champ, coming up. Um, I think we're going to take a little break. 
Uh, we're going to take a little break to refresh our beers. Find a carpenter. Is that correct? We're going to take a little break. Yep. Uh, hang, in or, hang in there with us. When we come back, Steve Lassard, we're also going to be giving away prizes. And at the very end of the show, we're going to open up the phone lines for people that want to ask Jay Kumar personal questions about his life. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, hang in there with us. Uh, we'll be right back. Ike Live, Steve Lassard coming up. Hang in there with us. We'll be right back.